The Stretch Four NBA Podcast with your hosts, Dan Titus and NBA fantasy experts, Alex Burns, Zach Hanshu, and Adam Koffler. What's good, NBA fans and fantasy basketball hoopers? Dan Titus here with the Stretch Four NBA Podcast. Super hyped to talk about the playoffs and preparation for the playoffs. First, want to give a shout out to Underdog Podcast for hosting us. Man, throughout the whole season, you know, through COVID, through rest and load management, as well as the mounting injuries in the condensed season, prayers up for Jamal Murray, torn ACL earlier this week, as well as LaMarcus Aldridge, um, who had to retire suddenly due to an irregular heartbeat. So wishing for a speedy recovery for him. But yeah, like the fact that we've willed our way to, to get to this moment is just a huge success. So we're going to continue to give you guys all of the waiver wire pickups and as well as schedule considerations that you'll want to take take heed to, you know, before you're making any waiver wire last minute decisions or trying to manage out the, the next two weeks as you navigate through the, the fantasy playoffs. So before we get started, I'm just going to run down a quick little overview of what happened last week. Guys, I want to get your thoughts on any major injuries or stellar play that you saw as of late. But I'll start. Man, the, the play of Steph Curry to me is just, we're just witnesses of greatness. And he's averaging 42.7 points over those three games. The guy is just unconscious. And he's willing the Warriors to the play-in spot. I hope he makes it just to continue to see him play. But like what this guy is doing, certainly MVP caliber. And speaking of MVPs, Joel Embiid has returned back in full force, battling with Nikola Jokic. That MVP race is just amazing to watch. And for anybody that picked Nikola Jokic or Joel Embiid on their fantasy teams, have got to be feeling really good right now. And so it doesn't look like either of those guys are going to be resting. They're both... You know, the Sixers are trying to maintain their spot as first in the East, whereas the Denver Nuggets are trying to climb up their Western Conference playoff race. So both of those guys are going to be getting crazy production and continue to be fantasy all-stars, if not MVPs this season. So with that, guys, how was your week? What are your thoughts? I'll kick it off with Burns. What's on your mind? Zach Levine going to be out for an extended period of time. Donovan Mitchell uh, getting hurt. So that's going to, you know, alter the fantasy landscape as we head into the playoffs here. Yeah. With watching some hoops Friday night, a couple big things that uh, happened in the Knicks game, Julius Randall putting up MVP type numbers going for 44, 10 and seven Nerland's Noel almost making Dorian Finney Smith retire during that game with that crucial block when Finney Smith went up for the, for the poster jam and Nerlens Noel was like, absolutely not. ESPN made that number 10 on the top 10. Are you kidding me? Did you see like Randall had 44, 10, like monster MVP numbers. His team won. Luca had 22 and 19 assists and ESPN's headline was like Luca magic when they were going over the highlights. I'm just like, come dude. Like, what does Randall have? To, there's just some players that they, it doesn't matter what they do. They just don't get the same clout. You know, Julius Randall is legitimately in the top five for the MVP conversation. Yeah. I'm, I'm being serious. He should be. Jokic, Embiid, Curry. To me, I'm like, 
I got Julius as the most improved player easily. Mm-hmm. Like it's not even close to the jump that he made from last year to this year. The other one I'm, I'm thinking about is Jalen Brown, who was another oh, guy yeah. that dropped 40 points. Who's been playing outstanding lately. Um, yeah, man, it's it, the, going back to Noel real quick though. Low key. I was actually kind of surprised. Like I didn't want to pick him up in fantasy, but this guy is really actually providing a lot of value for fantasy players. And just looking at some metrics, outside of fantasy, but still relevant. This guy's first in the NBA defensive plus minus second in block percentage. You know, if you're looking for a guy that if you're down in the, in the end of the week, or you're looking forward to the next two weeks, he can get you steals. He can get you blocks. And he's also getting you rebounds. Those are three critical categories that he's covering bases for that can come at a very cheap price. The guy is only 50. I believe he's only 58% owned. Meaning that if you're in a 10 team league, he's likely on your waivers. If you're in a 12 team league, it's a stretch, but there's a good chance he might be there. So make sure you're checking because he's a guy that can definitely give you some defensive stats when you need them most. Yeah, those those defensive, and I wanted to bring this up. I think those defensive stats are highly underrated as you get into the playoffs. Understanding understanding your roster and and what you know what if you're in a head-to-head categories league, what categories you need to get past your opponent. And each each game, Noel's giving you a combination of a couple steals, couple blocks, few blocks, you know, four or five uh, counting stats in those categories, man, those are huge. The Knicks only play six games in uh, the first two weeks of the playoffs, week 17 and week 18, but still it's enough to be able to get you over the hump in a matchup. Right. Mm-hmm. So that everybody's everybody like loves the, the scoring guys like Zach Levine's out. Oh, let's rush to go pick up Kobe white. Well, pump the brakes a little bit. I like Kobe white. Kobe white's going to put up 30 points some games, right? But at the same time, Kobe White's going to shoot 35% and Kobe White's going to turn the ball over six times a game. So consider those things when you're looking at who to pick up and what your, what your roster really needs. Yeah, completely agree, man. And Noel's also shooting better than 60% this year too. So, um, I mean, he's providing high level value for at least four categories. And that's something that's really tough to find on the waiver wires. Yeah, just for perspective, over his last 10, three blocks a game and one and a half steals. Like, I mean, you got to pick him up. Uh, so before we get into the deep conversation of the schedule and back-to-backs and, and who has the most games over the next two weeks, I think it's really important to take the methodologies. If you guys play fantasy football, this is the point in the season where someone gets an opportunity, goes off for 100 yards. You're like, why did this happen? Should I pick them up? Now's the time like you can't wait. If somebody goes off, like we're going to talk about Isaiah Stewart later. He went off for 22 rebounds against the Thunder. If he's sitting on your waiver wires, that's opportunity. You pick him up right now. Don't look at his percentage rostered. It doesn't matter. This is the type of these are the types of players that are going to win you the next week and then the following week. And when you have to cut bait, you might have to drop a player that has name notoriety, uh, maybe a fringe, you know, all-star player that, yeah, like Laurie Marketing. He's a he's a solid fantasy player. You paid a lot of draft capital for him, but he's not he's just not the guy that's going to get it done. And if you have to pick up a Daniel Gafford or Isaiah Stewart for him make the move because they're going to give you the production with their teams in bad positions and they're just giving more opportunity. So that's, that's, an, that's an absolutely fantastic point, right? Cause who's to say PJ Washington, who's been doubtful for the last two games won't continue to miss games. Like, like, I don't know. I don't know the Hornets and their medical staff and you know what they're doing behind the scenes. And he could be out for the next two weeks. Guess what? They inserted a guy by the name of Vernon Carey jr. The other night. And he went for 21 and six in 35 minutes. So speculatively, if you have a spot and can drop somebody, why don't you go get him? 
Because if P.J. Washington misses again, it's not going to be Bismack Biamba who's starting. It's going to be Vernon Carey because of his performance. Uh, you know, same thing with the Raptors. They're resting a ton of guys right now. Every single game, it seems like either Siaka, Manunabi, Van Vliet, Lowry are resting. So Paul Watson stepped up and had 30 points. You probably don't know who Paul Watson is. Guess what? I don't know who Paul Watson is. But he, he hit eight threes and, hit, and went for 30 points. Like, he's getting they're get, these are going to be guys that get opportunities down the stretch, right? So great point, Dan. Absolutely. Yeah, Paul so Watson. We can, oh, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say it's stupid, but Paul Watson sounds like a like a hip hop R and B producer. I don't know why. <laughs> like Paul, like I could just see the intro to like a like a hit rap song. Just Paul Watson. I don't know. I'm, I'm stupid. <laughs> so, so to Adam's point about Toronto, let's talk about Toronto because they have a pretty unique situation here. Fred Van Vliet just returned to play. It's not going to hurt my personal opinion. I don't think it hurts Malachi Flynn's value. And if you have going into next week, they're only going to have two games. If you're sitting in a top spot, you have a bye week. So you're not playing for, you know, your playoff hopes this week. Malachi Flynn is a, is a great ad or key to have on your team because the Raptors play five games the following week. And I know we talked about that last week, but I know there's another player that just came over to the Raptors that I'll let you guys talk about has a really good situation being that the Toronto front court is complete and utter trash. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's Ken Birch, right? Ken Birch, all of a sudden, just like that went from the third got the third center in Orlando. And he's now the starting center for the Raptors. He's not getting heavy, heavy minutes. You see minutes like in the upper twenties, but he's going to have high field goal percentage. He's going to score a couple points. He's going to get you, you know, seven to nine rebounds. And he's going to get you blocks. Most importantly, without turning the ball over. So Ken Birch is a guy I'm looking at, like Dan said, you know, if here's the thing with these fringe guys, right. You want to, you want to really take a look at the schedule. So in week 17, the first week of the playoffs, Ken Birch plays two games. You might not be able to roll with that. If you need him that week, the following week, they play five games. If you need Ken Birch, you need to go get Ken Birch ahead of that week. So you have him for five games. Cause he's likely not a guy that's going to be resting. Right. Like like the other Raptors uh, stars. Yeah, right. I'm looking at his numbers right now. Uh, over you know since he was acquired by Toronto, we just talked about Nerlens Noel. I don't understand how this guy isn't Nerlens Noel just with a more more of an offensive game. Like he'll give you a little bit more points a game. If you look at his numbers, I mean three blocks. You know, uh, in their win versus Orlando, he had two blocks versus their win in San Antonio, and he's grabbing at least six rebounds a game as you know when he gets over 20 minutes. So I, I don't understand what really makes him different from Nerlens Noel. Maybe, maybe maybe Noel's a better shot blocker overall. Now, now, do you guys think that that Ken Birch is an ad in ten team leagues, or is this more of like a twelve? I think obviously he's already rostered in fourteen to sixteen because there's just so deep. But is this an ad in ten team leagues as well? No, I think this is more of a twelve team league. I think in ten team leagues, you're probably going to have some better players available on the waiver wire. So yeah, it's a twelve teamer for me. Just something I wanted to add in real quick. Um, I think it's interesting the way the Raptors have been rolling out their their lineups recently. Birch and Boucher and Chris Boucher have actually been starting together the last two games. Um, I, I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on Boucher's outlook moving forward? You know, based on Ken Birch producing like he's been. Yeah, it's not it's not great. Uh, Nick Nurse did say that he likes Chris Boucher more at the four, which makes sense in, in having him run alongside Ken Birch at the five. But that was without Anunoby and Siakam in the lineup. So once Anunoby and Siakam are playing, Boucher's going to the bench, and he could be a guy that's going to see 10 to 15 minutes a game going forward. I actually I know it's difficult to do this, but I actually like Ken Birch more than Chris Boucher moving forward. You willing Ooh. to drop Boucher right now? I mean, yeah, if there's if somebody there's, that catches yeah. your eye? Yeah, absolutely. Right. If there's, 
Well, right. Keep an eye on the Raptors rotation. You have to be very agile in fantasy basketball. Things change every single game. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, especially with the Raptors only playing two games next week. Like, I mean, Bruges a drop. Bruges a drop next week if you need him. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You, and we've been right. we've been some of the biggest. Um, just we've loved Boucher all year long. We've been very vocal about him at the beginning of the season. He's kind of fallen into that like Laurie Markkinen kind of category. Not saying he's a scrub like Markkinen is, but more in <laughs> more in the way of just like he's a guy that can have some big games. He has the fantasy upside, but is not somebody that you want to rely on every single game, especially in weeks like you just said, Adam. Like where he has two games, that's that's complete drop for me. You know what just came to my mind? He's the Tyler Lockett of of fantasy basketball. Ooh, that's true. Right, like like Tyler Lockett for three games last season was the wide receiver yeah. one, the wide receiver one. Chris Boucher yeah. every every so often goes for like thirty and fifteen. And and I'll say uh, moving back to to Ken Burge for one second to Dan's point, like is this a ten team ad? Is this like a twelve team? I tend to agree with with Zach and that it's a twelve team ad. But like, there's a couple things too. It just really depends on who's available because if you need if you're in need of a big man, I'd rather have guys like. And I'm sure we'll get into him. You guys have some takes on him, but like Isaiah Stewart, who's only 20 to 22% rostered. And then there's Daniel Gafford, who's only 19% rostered. Like I'd rather have those two guys over Ken Birch personally, but there's a good chance if you're in a 12 team league, the competitive league, people are updating and staying in, you know, in front of their rosters. Those two guys are already added. So I don't mind pivoting to Ken Birch. Let's pivot to Isaiah Stewart. Let's just talk about Detroit. I mean, they have 12 games over the next three weeks you know, headed into the, into the championship round. And from what I've seen, Jeremy Grant is already resting. I mean, mm-hmm. I think he's had a combination of a knee injury slash resting. Mason Plumley has been rested. Sadiq Bay has been playing extremely well. I think he's an ad in probably, I would go with the lengths of 10, 10 to 12 team leagues. I think he's, he's been their primary bucket getter when Jeremy Grant is out, but let's talk Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. I mean, 22% rostered. We've been harping on him for the last, I'd say the last month he's, He's come up on our podcast, but for some reason, he just, nobody goes and adds him. Um, his big games, you know, the 22 rebound games, the monster stats that he puts up really comes when, when Plumlee's out. Um, and if you look at Plumlee, he's missed three of the last seven games. Uh, it's been rest. And I think he was in the concussion protocol um, as well. So it's like a combination. Uh, but this is the same Detroit team who gave Christian Wood the, all the run down the stretch last season. So I think it's going to be something similar to that where this guy gets a ton of run. The season is, you know, winding down. They're not in the playoff race. And like Dan said, they have 12 games in the next uh, or for the rest of the season. Yeah, let's let's talk about the Pistons and and teams like the Pistons. You have two guys in, in Jeremy Grant and Mason Plumley, who it looks like are resting kind of on and off for the rest of the season. Those two guys are solidified as Pistons currently on the roster, right? So 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 the coaching staff wants to see what they have in some of these other guys. So right? The potential of an Isaiah Stewart who just went 15 points and 23 rebounds against the thunder is enormous. And same thing for, uh, we were going to talk about Daniel Gafford here, right? Daniel Gafford is now the preferred option, uh, at center for the wizards. He, he played the overtime, the entire overtime period Friday night against the Pelicans, I believe it was. And he went 18 points, six rebounds and four blocks. And he was just getting gassed up after the game. Like this guy's a beast. Guess what? Daniel Gafford plays Oklahoma city who just gave up 23 rebounds to Isaiah Stewart twice in week 17 of the playoffs. Right? So Isaiah Stewart, Daniel Gafford both have immense upside as we head into the fantasy Mm -hmm. basketball playoffs. No disagreement there. You just talked about how Isaiah Stewart torched the, the thunder. Let's talk about the thunders opportunity going forward. 
I mean, they're one of those teams that has 12 games over the next three weeks. Where's the opportunity do you see? I see Isaiah Roby, his minutes have gone up a lot over the last few games. He's getting um, a shade over like 25 minutes per contest, but there's a plenty of people that have came up, mainly Lou Dort. You know, he went off career high 42 points earlier in the week. Is he the guy that's the must add? And then how do we play off, you know, the Moses Browns? Alex Pokushevsky looks like he's still going to continue to be out. So who's going to continue to get his minutes? What are we thinking on the Thunder? Dude. Welcome to the Dorchard Chamber. The Dorchard Chamber, dude. <laughs> Talk there to him, is, Zach. Man. Talk to him. Dude, he's been putting people in the Dorchard Chamber all year on defense. And now he's starting to just explode on offense. I mean, last year we saw him uh, towards the end of the year. I think it was uh, in the Thunder's final game. It was against the Rockets, right, where he went for 30 points in the playoffs, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and that was just because of you know, opportunity this year. I mean, a little bit of opportunity, but there's still some really capable players on this roster and he's just doing it all, man. His last two games, 26 points, six rebounds, two assists, three steals, uh, you know, yesterday against the Pistons. And then last week, 42 points, seven boards, three assists, four steals. I mean, he's doing it all on defense. He's scoring at a high clip. Um, I, I mean, forgot, this is, he forgot to mention the 42 points was against the Utah jazz. Crazy. Like who, who drops point. 42 points against the Utah Jazz, man? That defense is suffocating. It, it, it's a great point, dude. And he dropped seven threes in that game, too. So, I mean, it, it's just insane what he's doing right now. He's 49% rostered. And to your point, Dan, the emergence of guys like Dort and, you know, Basley coming back and some of these other role players that have been contributing. Honestly, man, guys like Moses Brown and Poku, who we really, really talked up and gassed up for a while and were really excelling. You know, some of the some of the, the shine is being taken away from them, for sure, with some of these players coming back, and especially with Dort. So, it's not necessarily that Moses Brown is a, a firm drop. Poku's a drop for me, uh, mm. but Moses Brown's not a complete drop, but he's somebody that uh, I wouldn't feel horrible cutting bait on. I mean, I'm disappointed, yeah. in, you know, what's going on, but. Wait, say that I, again? That's a shame. No, that's a shame. He said that Moses Brown could be a drop. And, and it's actually, you, you make a good point, Zach, because even, even in close games recently, Tony Bradley's been getting as many minutes as Moses Brown has been getting as a starter. Yeah. Right. So, so I, I agree. I mean, there's, there's upside with Moses Brown. The problem is they're splitting the minutes there. It's like, I actually, I, I was going to say it's like Wendell Carter and Mo Bamba, but it's not because Wendell Carter is an absolute monster. So I'll, so, I'll push back on that. Cause I want to ask a question. Cause I, Adam, you've been a big proponent of like, follow the trail, follow the money trail. Moses oh yeah. Brown got the contract extension. Uh, super young. I, I am kind of, Torn. I, I have Moses Brown. I picked him up uh, after Zach told us all to do that. So I've been reaping the benefits of that one. But I, I just feel like he did get the extension. Tony Bradley has been a career journeyman, as you said many times. I don't know if I'm ready to drop Moses Brown. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. But the problem is they're going to get blown out a lot. So look at their schedule, right? If they have a tough schedule, they play good some point. good teams. Like Moses Brown, his minutes are going to be limited to like 20 a game. Mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's my concern with him. Good point. Are we not concerned about... Lou Dort's inefficiencies. Yeah, Lou Dort went off for 42 points. But who was Lou Dort before the 42 points? This guy was very inefficient. Opportunities seem to be inconsistent as well. Do you think that there's like been a, a change in the philosophy of their offensive scheme that he's going to be their go-to guy? I think Dort's upside is absolutely enormous down mm -hmm. the stretch. He, like he's yeah. with with Shy Gilgis Alexander out at least another two weeks. 
you have to assume the Thunder are going to shut him down. He's been out for a mm-hmm. little while at this point. So I can absolutely see him being shut down. And I think Lou Dort, so what happened, you know, Lou Dort was out five, six games. I think he's in a concussion protocol or something like that. He comes back and he sees all the usage, right? He, he puts up so many shots. That's, mm-hmm. that's the coaching staff saying, yo, Lou, this, this is your team, right? Same with, same with Darius Baisley. Like those two guys are what are, who are leading the offense right now. Poku's out out of the lineup. I mean, he's injured, but he's out of the lineup. And it looks like Dort is going to be taking over there in Oklahoma City. The fact that I think Zach says 49% rostered, that should be like, I don't know, 79% rostered in 12 team leagues, honestly. Normal, normal dudes don't drop 42 points. Like that's no, exactly. enormous upside. That's insane. exactly right. Like Ken Birch is not going to drop 42 points. No. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin Ford other- Jr. hasn't even dropped 42 points. Can I throw one more caveat in for the Thunder before you get rolling, man? Just real quick. Yeah, let's the do Thunder, it. Thunder are 1-11 in their last 12 games. So Dort is definitely a high upside add. I'm adding him everywhere if I can. But we got to look over the next week. If they lose, if they continue to lose, you know, what are they going to do down the stretch? Are they going to continue to tank? Or, I mean, because with Dort in the lineup, they're better, right? I mean, I, I know they're 1-11, but he adds so much value. Are they going to keep playing him if the season wears on and they're still losing? Yeah, he's still young. Yeah, yeah, he's a young. He's young. He's young and hungry. He's young and hungry, right? And they want to see what they can what what they can do to develop him down the stretch. Mm-hmm. I think. But but back to uh, back to Kevin Porter Jr. Man, why why are the Rockets still playing John Wall? Like why are they still running John Wall and his bad Makes knees no out there? Sense. Right, they're like the worst team in the league. And and Kevin Porter Jr. Like he doesn't have the upside when John Wall's in the lineup. And he also shoots like a terrible percentage and turns the ball over a lot still. Like he's mm-hmm. actually hurting you in a couple categories and not giving you the upside you need from him when John Wall plays. And it's really frustrating as a Kevin Porter Jr. Uh, owner at this point, right? Yeah. I mean, you, you said it. I agree. It's just that, but it all falls back to like, we can sit down and like speculate and tell you to add Kevin Porter Jr. or drop Kevin Porter Jr., which you should not do. But like, it just goes back to the fact that the Rockets are playing John, John Wall. And it makes zero sense. And it's just super frustrating. I don't think you, you definitely can't drop Kevin Porter Jr. But I mean, would you guys bet that the Rockets shut Wall down before the, the final? That's the thing. Like, I don't, I don't think teams are going to shut players down completely i just think they won't play back to backs yeah i don't i don't think i don't you know the only team that shut somebody down so far right correct me if i'm wrong is oklahoma city with al horford is has anybody else been shut down completely i don't believe so i mean there were some buyout candidates there because they didn't want to play yeah for bad I, mean, teams. I think that we're going to see the playoff teams that once there's a little bit more clarity over the next week and a half maybe two weeks by the time the championship comes i think we'll know who's going to actually be resting because true the, the Western Conference, the top four seeds of the Western Conference are extremely close right now. And despite the Clippers, what are they, number three right now in the West? They're still resting Kawhi Leonard. And they they have the luxury of, you know, I think Paul George has really been leaned on in the, uh, the interim as Kawhi's been out. So I wouldn't be surprised. The Clippers only play nine games over the, the next three weeks in fantasy. So I wouldn't be surprised if we're going to see um, – you know, maybe sporadic rest for those two guys, mainly Paul George, mm-hmm. because Kawhi Leonard's been getting most of the rest over the last week or so. Here's um, the one. Po- here's the one positive, though. Uh, pushing back on that a little bit with the Clippers, they only have one back to back because they only played nine games. So it is it is very possible Paul George only sits like you know one, maybe two games during that stretch as they're looking for one of the top seeds in the West, especially with Donovan Mitchell going down for Utah. Right, the Clippers have a shot at one of those at one of those top seeds, don't they? 
Yeah, they definitely have a shot. Um, right. They have a shot, and the Phoenix Suns also have a legitimate shot. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that's it, it's going to be an interesting rundown, but I think that that's something you guys may want to consider in terms of your decisions of who you want to go for. The tanking teams are the ones that are freeing up a ton of minutes for players that could be give you that upside versus, like, you know, we talked about him last week. Maybe I was smoking some Reggie with Reggie Jackson, but he's still the starter. <laughs> For the for the Clippers for the time being with Patrick Beverly out and Rajon Rondo coming off the bench, but you know if you want to take some upside with some obscure guys, we can also head to Minnesota. Jared Vanderbilt uh, has seen some increased minutes with Carl Anthony Towns out of the lineup. Who knows what Minnesota's really doing at this point, right? Because they're not going anywhere. They're obviously playing for a draft pick at this point. Does it pay to give more time to people like Jared Vanderbilt? Yep. I don't know. I think he's an yep. ad in 12 team leagues. Yep. And and like I said last week, uh, listen to coach speak. Chris, uh, big minutes tonight from Jared Vanderbilt off the bench. Just what kind of uh, effort did he give you and, and how important was his contribution to this win? Yeah, I thought it was really inspirational through our guys came in and with his energy, almost single-handedly turned the, turned the team around. Um, that, that entire unit, there in the second quarter actually deserves a lot of credit. They played really well together. And they brought the energy and the defense and the extra possessions. Um, but, you know, that, that, that performance was uh, from, from Vando was, uh, it was built on the two really good performances we had in the, in the Brooklyn and the Milwaukee game. Even though we didn't play well as a team, he played very well in those games. So Vanderbilt's had three good games, uh, playing about 20 minutes a game off the bench still. Uh, but that's okay because he's getting a lot of he's getting a lot of uh, categories that you need steals, blocks, uh, rebounds. He's a he's a he's a do it all kind of guy. He's going to be a hustler for you, uh, especially some of these young guys coming off the bench, getting their opportunity late. Like those are the guys that are going to get the defensive stats, right? It's not going to be your run of the mill vets, you know, like your like your Paul Millsaps mm-hmm. and your Blake Griffins. Like these guys aren't getting you steals and blocks. But the Jared Vanderbilt's, you know, the hungry guys with the opportunities, those are the guys you want on your roster. And Chris Finch of the Timberwolves coach uh, said that Vanderbilt has earned uh, an opportunity moving forward. So you have to figure he's back and part of the rotation. Uh, even if he plays 20-plus minutes, that's that's good enough for your fantasy team in 12-team yeah. leagues. Yeah. Well, I mean, Beasley, because Beasley's pretty much done for the season, though, right? Yep, he's out. The hamstring yep. training, so he's not even in the in the rotation at all. And you got – is Rubio back yet? Check on yeah, he's he, yeah he's like injured slash not injured. Which is super you know, annoying. Sometime. Right, right. Because when he's out of the lineup, Jordan McLaughlin is 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 so so nasty. Dude, there's so much fantasy goodness yeah. on, on rosters like Minnesota who play at such a fast pace. Yeah. And like Sacramento – and uh, who, uh, I was going to say Chicago plays at a fast pace. The problem with Chicago is like everything runs through Vucevic and they play like 12 guys at this point. Yeah. Shout out to Jordan McLaughlin. Just wanted to to touch on that because that's who I model my beard after. Uh, just big, <laughs> big and bushy. Doesn't look like it, it ever gets combed. So he's uh, definitely somebody I respect. That was Adam's guy. Uh, beginning of the season when Russell was out, he was good. He was averaging like double digit assists. Yeah, he was he was almost half as good as TJ McConnell was at that yeah. point. Yeah. I love TJ McConnell, man. Not Ed, Edmund Sumner? No, not Edmund <laughs> Sumner. Now I do like Jalen Brunson. Let's talk about the Mavs here. So the Mavs have three games next week, five in week 18, and then four in the championship round. Five games. I mean, what what opportunities are we seeing for players like Jalen Brunson? The one guy before we get to Brunson. I just want to mention how Dorian Finney-Smith is getting a huge opportunity to play. 
Obviously, he did a lot better when Chris Porzingis was out of the lineup, but he's been putting up useful stats across the board. He contributes primarily in a low-end points, you know, right around 9, 10 points, but he'll give you volume rebounds upwards to like 7 to 9, along with a steal and a block, so and some threes. So he is, is a little versatile, but let's talk about Jalen Brunson and what he potentially could bring. Jalen Brunson sees uh, a 3% uh, increase in usage when Chris Stapps Porzingis is off the floor. And like Dan said, uh, Dallas has 12 games in the next three weeks during the fantasy basketball playoffs. The problem is Dallas also has four back-to-back sets. And we all know Chris Stapps Porzingis has been resting on back-to-back, either the front or the back end of a back-to-back set. That gives a lot of opportunity to a guy like Jalen Brunson, who steps into the starting lineup uh, against teams that want to play small ball. So Brunson's a guy, he's a, he's a high IQ basketball player, shoots a pretty good percentage, uh, does a lot of things uh, right on the court and gets you a lot of kind of counting stats there. So he's a guy I'd be looking at, especially week 18 when the Mavericks play five games and two back-to-back sets. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brunson's a, a great, great waiver wire ad, especially he's, he's likely on the waiver wire. I think he's about 20% rostered at this point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just want to point out, um, I completely agree with the Brunson take. Uh, this is just uh, entertaining for me, but Luka Doncic is almost seeing a 40% usage rate with Kristaps Porzingis off the floor, which is insane. Uh, 37.4 to be exact. We'll go back to Jalen Brunson real quick. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not really seeing what you're seeing. Like what, where are you going for Jalen Brunson to help you fantasy wise? Like he's not really, he gets you light points, light assists, right? He's a very good real life basketball player. Probably more of the elk of like a, I was going to say TJ McConnell, but TJ McConnell is way better than him because he actually gives you steals. But like, he doesn't really do that much because he needs at least 30 minutes. And he dropped a couple 20 point games here and there. But for the most part, I'm looking at the last five games, eight points, four rebounds, four assists, right? 10 games, 28 minutes a game. That's pretty much to your 30 being a starter. He even got a start in that 13 points, four rebounds, three, four assists. Decent. But no, no real peripheral stats. Like, he's not giving you many steals. He's not getting you any blocks. His turnovers are marginal. That's straight. Four to one assist to turnover ratio. That's solid. What? Okay. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Here's the thing. Okay, listen. Jalen Brunson, two games ago, had eight points, eight rebounds, nine assists, one turnover. What team was he, he almost had against? A, he almost had a triple-double. Memphis. He almost had a triple-double with one turnover. Here's another line. 16 points, 11 rebounds, five assists. One turnover. How back? How far back are we going on that one? That's uh, granted. He played Minnesota that game. Okay. But those are, All right. But the, uh, yeah, but hold you're on. right. You're right. Yeah, but that. Yeah. But that goes. Stream, that goes. Yeah. Right. Stream. That goes. That goes to another point. And and Zach kind of went. Zach did a nice job breaking this down on a spreadsheet that he created with teams that play against other teams that. Uh, so say the Mavericks play against the Timberwolves again, and Porzingis sits like. Go back and look at what Jalen Brunson did the first time they played the Timberwolves. Like, that's when you want to pick up a guy like that. And sometimes, sometimes you want to look at the entirety of the week and say, okay, this team plays five games. I want this guy on my team. Sometimes you want to look and see, like, okay, here's the injury report. Here's who's resting. I want this guy for this one game because he can smash. Yeah. So just you just got to be strategic. Yeah. yeah, I don't think anything anybody's really saying that Brunson's like a bad real life player. He's really good. I just think you got to look at it in the comparison of like who would you rather have, like uh, Jalen Brunson or Jared Vanderbilt, like like someone like that. Like who would you rather add heading into the playoffs? 
That's a good, that's a, that's a great question. And, and if, if, if I need field goal percentage and assists, right. I want Jalen Brunson. If I want steals and blocks upside and rebounds, I want Jared Vanderbilt. And so you just have to look at the matchup that week. Yeah. I would say Br- the Brunson and the Brunson added to me is more of a 12, 12 team versus like a 10 for options that you're going to have. But like, yeah, if you're, you know, going into Saturday or Sunday and you have one more player to pick up and Dallas is playing some team that's just bottom of the barrel. Yeah. That could certainly win you a week if you're down in assist. So it all depends on the scenario and the parameters around what you're facing and what, what stats you're chasing. Right. Yeah. And I, going back to my earlier point, I think, I think an undervalued point that, that people really need to be wary of when you're looking at waiver wire ads is get the guys with high shooting percentages and that, that aren't going to turn the ball over. Far too often we fall down this trap of picking up the you know, hot guys that are going to score a lot of points. And, and we talked about Lou Dort, right? Lou Dort is going to score a lot of points, but Lou Dort is also going to get you a ton of other stuff. Like, right? Like Kobe White is not going to get you those peripheral stats. And, and I hate picking up a guy and then watching them, get, watching them shoot like three for 15 and just tank my field goal percentage. With a guy like Jalen Brunson, when uh, Porzingis is out of the lineup, like you don't have to worry about Jalen Brunson shooting three for 15. If he does, it's, that's a fluke. Mm-hmm. So I, I hate, I hate picking somebody up for like one or two games and then watching, watching my field goal percentage and tank and my turnovers just rise. I hate that. Safe Bottom floor, line. high upside. Right. I, I want the, right. I want the floor. Uh, well, I want Absolutely. the, I want the floor for some guys, but I want the upside for other guys. Right. So you have to, it's a balancing act. Bottom Definitely. line. If you have Luka Doncic hitting into the playoffs, you're in good shape. Uh, and Steph, because the Warriors play a ton of games yeah. and have won back to back. Seriously, dude, Steph is on fire. And you know who has Luka Doncic in our uh, real time sports league that Adam and I are in? And who's that, you, uh, Zach? that would be me. And, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I have, I have uh, Jamal Murray and, and I started him in a, in a weekly uh, league, right? And he got injured on a Monday. So that's fun. Weekly league should be banned. It's they will stupid. be. They, they will make, be banned. They, make they absolutely will be banned. no sense. Like if you're playing fantasy basketball, like be committed. You should be doing yeah. daily pickups. This is stupid. <laughs> yeah. Set your yeah. rosters. Let's bring it back full circle here. Juan Toscano Anderson is oh. he in ad. Is he in ad? I mean, he got 31 minutes in his last contest. I mean, he shot a ridiculous eight for nine. Not sustainable. But 27 and three. Dude. Um, yeah, here's the problem. Kelly Oubre is coming back probably Saturday, Saturday night. Yeah, he's already so he been pro- listed as probably. Yeah, so he so he he may take some of those you know Wanty minutes. I do think I do think there's a place for Wanty. I really do think the Warriors like him a lot in the rotation, but I don't see a path for minutes for so many minutes for him going forward if Kelly Oubre is back in the lineup. Did you guys notice that Koffler's eyes got big? His pupils dilated. He saw some sweat on his brow when when he heard the name Juan T. I thought I saw a teardrop, man. <laughs> Dude, that was an emotion. That was an emotional for him, man. This is going that's back. That's my guy. <laughs> Have you seen his energy on the court? He's like he's like a big man, Lou Dort. I love it. Still the one. Um, interesting. You dropped Kuzma, Koffler. You were hyped yeah. about him a, a, a few days ago. Yeah, Kuzma. you also have a you also have a bye week, so you're you're playing yes. for the championship right I now. I have a bye week. I dropped Kyle Kuzma and I picked up Royce O'Neal. I think Royce O'Neal uh, 
means more to that team with Donovan Mitchell uh, expected to miss several games. Obviously, there's other guys that uh, are going to see increased usage or, and opportunities without Mitchell in the lineup, like Joe Ingles, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Conley. But Royce O'Neal is really a glue guy. who can, He's kind of a do-it-all do it kind of guy. I talked about this earlier, man. Kyle Kuzma, he's a 20.4 rebound, literally nothing else guy, and doesn't shoot a high percentage. So so I don't, I don't want that on my fantasy team because I win points by a lot every single week. So I don't need Kyle Kuzma. So it's, it's, it was, while it's tough to part ways with a guy who's 60% rostered, I think it was the right move to make. Yeah. Yeah. I think so too. AD coming back too. Exactly. With AD coming back, there goes Kuzma's, Kuzma's maybe starting role. I mean, and, and now so look, yeah. I mean, his most, games probably gets more headlines than his actual game. Yeah, and he went back what? to the M. Was, he went back to the M and M look, didn't he? Dude, yeah, I don't he's get. Like a, he's back to looking like a weirdo. Yeah, that one outfit he wore, he had mirrors all over. His oh yeah, yeah, yeah. What is he doing, dude? I, yeah. He had some like old Jenko skater pants with like hippie Woodstock little flowery patches. I don't even know what. He thinks he, he thinks his, he thinks his he's swag Odell, is man. on a million, man. His swag is on a million. He thinks he's Odell, and he's gonna get like the rest of the world to like buy into his uh, style, right? Like. Nobody can, can. That's LA, though, man. Like, has I, there ever been? It. Has there ever been like when his rookie season, all the attention was on Lonzo, and then he kind of came and popped off in the summer league and made a name for himself. Has there ever been like more of a weirder NBA star that like he doesn't really produce that much for the attention he gets? Like we always talk about who's some players like their attention is like they're really, 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 really good, but their attention and notoriety is like really low. He's somebody who's like eh. But his notoriety is like through the roof, like household name Kyle Kuzma. What does he do? I think you could you could thank a Kardashian for that. What does he do? But yeah, like, Tristan but Thompson honestly, too. He's over here wearing mirror jackets. Like like you have that. You know you know how many points a game you have to drop to be able to get away with that. You got the like Harden can get away with. There's a there's a select few players that can get away with that. All right. Well, that will conclude our show for today. Check back in with us next week. We'll be breaking down more strategies to help win your fantasy basketball championship. Want to give a special shout out to Underdog Podcast for continuing to support us on our journey. Be sure to subscribe, follow, and listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Also, hit us up on Twitter. We're going to be releasing some really cool content with prize picks where we'll be delivering every day the fantasy plays for prize picks and make sure to use promo code stretch four that's s-t-r-e-t-c-h the number four prize match of up to a hundred dollars with your first depositing bet so we'll see you guys next week holla at you peace